Hi everyone, welcome to the Understand the Bible podcast with me, Phil Saker. Today we're continuing the Sermon on the Mount. We're looking at Jesus' famous words about ask, seek and knock. And really this is all about prayer, which is a topic that people often struggle with pastorally. Uh, It's one of the spiritual issues I think that people struggle with the most. And in this passage we're thinking about how Jesus' words encourage us to pray, how he helps us to pray. This is your regular reminder that there is more content available on the YouTube channel. Uh, The Firm Foundations course will be on a break over the summer and we'll resume the the final three sessions in uh, in September. But this week we were looking at perseverance, about whether it's possible to lose salvation and uh, how we keep going with Christ till the end. So do have a look on YouTube if you're interested in that. And if you'd like to support Understand the Bible, there are various ways to do that and have a look at the page down below. So thanks so much, everyone. God bless. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Understand the Bible sermon for the 23rd of July, 23. My name is Phil Saker. And today we're continuing looking at the Sermon on the Mount. And we're looking at a topic today which I think many people struggle with and many people are wanting to find out more about, which is prayer. Now, maybe over the last few weeks, as we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount, you've been thinking, well, what Jesus asks of us seems impossible. You know, it seems impossible for us to do. Maybe you've been thinking we can't live like this. And maybe that's even something which makes it difficult for you to pray because you think, well, I, I feel guilty you know, and, and how can I come to God? I don't feel like I deserve it. And many people find prayer a struggle for that reason or for, for all sorts of reasons. So what does Jesus have to teach us about prayer? And that's what we're going to be looking at in this passage. I think it's all about prayer and how we relate to God as well as to other people too. Um, so let's do that. But uh, just before we get into that, I promised my daughter that I would say that uh, we do have an audience today. It's not just not just you uh, watching on YouTube, but I have an audience here. Uh, we have a polar bear with us and uh, he's watching as well. And it's probably the first time I've ever preached to a polar bear. So um, there we go. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to begin by reading the passage. This is Matthew chapter 7 from verse 7. And as usual, uh, I'll put the words on the screen, but do feel free to follow along in your own Bible if you have one there. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So Jesus starts out with another one of his very famous sayings. Uh, Ask and it will be given, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. 
Uh, I think this is again, I think virtually everything in the Sermon on the Mount is a famous saying of Jesus, isn't it? And uh, you may have sung that song. Uh, I, I sung it in primary school. Um, uh, seek, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God. You remember the allelu, allelu, allelujas. And uh, I remember singing that, and, and that has a verse which is based on these words. They're famous words of Jesus, but what do they mean? I think they are all about how we relate to God. Now, who do we ask but asking God? You know, who do we seek but seeking God and, and, and you know, asking him? Uh, knock, again, knocking at, at God's door, if you like, knocking um, to, for him uh, to find the way forward. So that is really, it's all about the way that we relate to God. And I think all of these three things could be summed up in the one word, prayer. It's all about prayer and about our relationship with God. And he says, everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So he says, you know, those who ask will receive, and you know, it, we will get an answer when we pray. There will be things happening. And this is something that Jesus says elsewhere, uh, in fact, several times. He says it later on in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 21 verse 22, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So Jesus says it there. He says it in Luke's gospel four times in John's gospel. You get this, that you know, God will give you whatever you ask in prayer. Now, I suspect for most of us, that is not our experience of prayer. That most of us, I think, approach prayer thinking that, well, God probably won't really give us what we want. So we'll just have to, to stick around and, you know, maybe pray for the weather, pray for a nice day, pray for, you know, small things, because God almost certainly won't give us what we really want. So we'll avoid that and we'll just pray for, pray for small stuff, which might have happened anyway. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I can certainly recognise that attitude in myself. Um, that we don't really want to pray for those things. And, and so I, I think for most of us, that is not our experience of prayer. You know, ask and you will receive. Well, we can think of times when we have asked and we haven't received. So how can this be true? Well, let's come back to that in a few moments. But I think it is related to what Jesus says here. Uh, next, he says, uh, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you were evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So Jesus says, we human beings, says though you are evil, you know, we, we fall short, far short of God's standards. We know that we don't love one another, love God as we should. We don't have the love in, in our hearts that we should. So we do fall far short of God's standards. But he says, even we who are evil know how to give good gifts to our children. He says, you know, which of you, if your child is hungry and they, they ask for bread, you know, they ask for a sandwich, who would give them a stone? Or if they ask for a fish, if they ask for a meal, who would give them a snake instead? No, you would, you would have to be a, you know, a terrible 
evil parent to to know uh, to, to to give your children something you know which will be harmful to them and sadly we know that there are some parents who do uh, harm their children in that way but we know that that's wrong don't we and we know with our own children that we want them we want to see them happy we want to see them thriving we want to give them what is what is healthy what is beneficial to them what will sustain them you know we want what is good for them and we jesus says we human beings know how to do that it's sort of instinctive i think i've got a a bit of a, a reputation in our family that of being a bit of a softy you know because when i go to the supermarket if i see something which i think my children will like then i quite often will buy it for them and um, I think I've got a bit bit of a reputation now, um, you know, over the last few months, I've come back home with a skateboard and with a, you know, tennis sort of um, swing ball game for them to play with. If I think they'll like it, you know, they'll enjoy playing with it, then I, I, I like to get it. And that's because I like to see them happy. I like to see them enjoying things. I like to give them good gifts. And Jesus says, if we can be like that as human beings, how much more do you think God will be like? If we can be like that, how much more is God like? And this is the point that Jesus is making. Do we pray to God as if he is our good heavenly father? Do we pray to God as if he is the kind of father who wants to give good gifts? You know, we don't have to twist his arm. We don't have to coerce him, but that he wants to give good gifts. He wants to give us uh, that which is good for us and that which, we'll in, we, which we will enjoy, that which will be best for us. Is that how we see God? Now remember the sin of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and the problem there was that the serpent tempted them to think that God was not good. Now he said, um, God knows that when you eat of, of the fruit you will be like him, knowing good and evil. And, you know, the serpent tempted them to think that God was not good. And that severed their relationship with God. That was their problem. So Jesus is saying, do we see God as a good heavenly father? And then Jesus moves on in this, this last verse in this passage here. Um, if there was a candidate for one of the most famous verses in the Bible. I think this would be way up uh, near the top of the list, if not at the top. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. I think a lot of people have this as a kind of motto to live by, to do to others as you would have them do to you, without necessarily knowing who said it uh, and realising it comes from the Bible. Um, but this is what, what Jesus is saying, that this is a, a summary of everything that, that God wants us to do. That, you know, God, at the end of the day, he doesn't just give us a big list of rules, a big, thick list of rules that we have to keep and just tick them all off. God doesn't tell us how to act in every single situation. I mean, how, how could you t tell us how to act in every single situation that, that we're in? You know, all of us are in lots of unique and, and different and difficult situations sometimes. Uh, God doesn't give a rule for every situation. Instead, he wants us to, to think and you know, to use our minds, to use our hearts 
and to pray and ask him the way forward, ask him to help us apply his laws of love to the situations in which we find ourselves. And this kind of rule of thumb that, that Jesus gives, do to others as you would have them do to you. This sums up the law and the prophets. That is really the, um, the, the message that, you know, it's a guide, isn't it, to, to help us know how we should treat other people. That at the end of the day, we want to be treated in a right way, and so we should treat other people in a right way as well. Kind of goes back to what Jesus said about judging others, you know, that um, judge, judge um, others in the way that we would want to be judged as well. Treat other people in the way that we should want to be treated as well. Now, all of this is a very high calling, if you like, like, like we, we were saying at the start, that it's almost impossible to live this way. It is impossible to live this way. And I think this is where we need to come into prayer. And that's what I wanted to spend the rest of, of the time on, thinking about this question of how do we pray? What do we pray for? And um, you know, how do we approach prayer? I think this is something that a lot of people struggle with. If there was, a, as a pastor over the last few years, if there was one particular issue that I think m most people struggle with in their sort of in Christian spiritual terms, it is prayer. That's a, a big one. So what do we think about prayer? How do we approach it? How do we do it? And what Jesus says here, I think, is, is a wonderful model and it will help if we compare it with what James says later on in the Bible. James kind of, if you like, gives um, uh, a negative example. Um, and he says this, this is James chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So this is a picture, if you like, of, of what happens when prayer goes wrong and when we relate to God wrongly. This is what happens to a church, to a, a community. And he says there are fights and, and quarrels. He says... Um, there are fights and quarrels, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but you don't have, so you kill, and you covet, you're jealous, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. So people are, are jealous, this was the problem. People were jealous of one another. Maybe they were jealous of one another's gifts. You know, they thought, well, that person has uh, is got a wonderful musical ability, and I want that ability, but God hasn't given it to me. Maybe they're jealous of one another's uh, possessions. They think, well, that person has got a lovely house and a nice car, a beautiful wife or, or something like that. And God hasn't given those things to me. So I am jealous. And um, this is where jealousy comes from. You know, if, the, if we think that God has given someone else something that we don't have, then we will be bitter about it. 
And unfortunately, church is not immune from this. Now, we see that kind of thing happening in society, don't we? But church is not immune from this kind of thing. In a church that we uh, used to be part of some years ago, um, there was a, a problem that, um, you know, one family got a, an extension, I think, and then another family got an extension. And then the first family got a swimming pool and the other family got a swimming pool. And, you know, it was kind of like um, keeping up with the Joneses, you know. But this is this is how it goes sometimes that church can be about showing off and can be about showing, oh, look at all the blessings God has given me. Um, and it can provoke uh, jealousy. And that's not how it should be. But James says, what's the cause of the jealousy? Why are you jealous? And he gives two reasons. He says, first of all, you do not have because you do not ask God. So he says the reason you don't have is because you don't ask in the first place. That that uh, it may seem like a very basic and simple thing, but nonetheless, I think it's important to say that if there's something we want and something that you know we think would would be good, would make us happy, and and, and so on, have we even asked for it? You know that do we. Do we just think, well, God would never give that, so I'm not even going to ask? Because that is the wrong attitude, as James says, and, and this is what I think Jesus is also saying. Um, there's a, a story in The Meaning of Marriage, which is a book by um, Tim Keller. Tim Keller died actually recently, um, but the, yes, the book The Meaning of Marriage is um, a good book all about marriage. And he tells a story where he and his wife Kathy were I think quite newly married and they were traveling somewhere and Tim wanted to go to this particular bookshop, a Christian um, bookshop which was well known and he, he really wanted to go and spend some time there, spend a, a couple of hours in there or whatever. But he thought that he ought to spend the time with his wife instead and so he, he spent the time with his wife doing something which he didn't really want to do and just getting quite cross and grumpy about it because he was thinking, well, you know, she wouldn't let me go to the bookstore even though he hadn't actually told her and asked. And when she found out, she said, oh, you should have, you should have asked me because I would have loved to give you the opportunity to go to that bookshop. You know, I would have loved to, to do that for you. And, you know, he, Tim, Tim was, was bitter about something that he hadn't even asked about. He, hadn't, he just assumed that his wife wouldn't want him to, but actually uh, she would have, and she would have loved uh, to do that for him. And we can have that same attitude towards God. You know, if we just think, well, God would never give me what I ask, we will just be bitter about it and we'll be bitter because he, haven't, he hasn't given us uh, what we ask. And uh, without even asking him, you know, don't just assume that God won't give. That is the first thing. But the second thing is, James says, the second reason is, he says, uh, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So James says the second reason people don't have is because those, even when they do ask, they ask with wrong motives. They ask with selfish motives. You know, it's, it's the difference, I think, between, you know, saying and praying and asking God, I need a, I need a car 
to get around. Of course, you know, that's the kind of thing that we do need. Um, all sorts of things that we need, don't we? But, you know, the difference between that and asking for a Ferrari, so all of my friends will think, you know, look at me and, and see how I've got loads of money and, you know, all of that. And, and I, it's a status symbol. That's the difference, isn't it, between asking for what we need and asking for something which is just so we can show off. So God uh, loves to give what we need. He doesn't give so, you know, we can ask for, with selfish reasons. He doesn't answer those kind of prayers, selfish prayers. But he does give uh, the things that we, we want and need, which are, which are right. And that's the lesson, I think, for us, that God will answer prayer for godly desires. And he may not answer them straight away, and he may not answer them in the way that we expect, but that God will answer prayer for godly desires. Now that leads to the question, how do we know whether something is a godly desire? Because it's not always easy to tell, is it? How do we know if something is godly? Well, ask yourself, you know, if you you have a desire, is it, does it come from love? Does it, is it about what is right and best for other people? You know, for your friends, family, for your church or, or for, for your community? Does it come out of love and concern for them? Is it in accordance with God's laws? Now, you know the, the Ten Commandments, you know the, um, the scriptures. Is it in accordance with the way that God wants us to live? And is it something which is from God? You know, do you believe that God has laid it on your heart to pray for? Do you believe that it's, um, it's something that God has a concern, that God has given you a desire, that God has given you? If the answer to those questions is yes, then I would say, yes, it is a godly desire and it's right to ask for it. But if you're not sure, if you're not sure, then ask anyway. That's what I would say. I mean, obviously there are some things where uh, I think it's quite obvious that something is not a godly desire. You know, if you pray, well, God, please give me a Ferrari and 10 million pounds in the bank or something like that, you know, just so I can show off. I would say quite clearly that's not a right desire. But uh, there are other times when it, we're not sure uh, whether something is from God or not. And I think the right thing to do there is to ask anyway. Um, you know, that, that prayer should be just natural. I mean, I don't tell my children off for asking for something that, um, you know, is, um, you know, like a, a chocolate bar or something. You know, if they ask for that, I may not always give it to them, but I don't tell them off for asking. You know, and um, we should just have that instinctive attitude of taking what's on our heart to God. Now, as it says in, in Psalm 62 verse 8, that lovely description of prayer, pour out your hearts for God is our refuge. That's what we should do. We should pour out our hearts to God and all of our desires, all of our cares and concerns, just pour it out to God and you know, not hold back because we're, we're not sure whether something is right, but just pour it out to him. And we need to remember that God is a good father and he cares about everything in our lives, not just the spiritual stuff. He cares about everything. You know, he does want us to be happy and fulfilled, but fulfilled in his godly ways, not in, in worldly ways. But we should still take our concerns to him.
And we need to remember that if we do have desires which are ungodly, then the best thing to do is to take them to him and to say, God, this is what I want and I think this is wrong, so please can you help me? And please can you give me a right desire instead? You know, take away what is wrong, give me what is right and help me to want what you want. And God will. You know, if we do that, it's it's just a matter of honesty in prayer. It's just a matter of taking to God what's on our hearts and not thinking, well, God's going to judge me. God is going to disapprove, you know, because he knows anyway. There's no point trying to hide it from him. Um, I took a real step forward in my in my prayer life a few years ago when I, I think it, the penny dropped that there was no point me trying to hide who I really was from God because he knew anyway. And I, I knew that I, I knew that, you know, you obviously know that, don't you? But I think sometimes when we pray, we feel like we have to pretend, you know, we have to pretend to be holy and we have to pray in pious sounding ways and using long words and, and everything. And actually Jesus says, uh, and you know, I think the implication is what James says as well, you know, just be honest, just come to God, bring everything to him, your needs, your wants, your desires, everything, bring it all, bring it all to God and let God deal with it and let God change you and shape you and fulfill you in, in his ways. That's the thing. And we need to remember, you know, I think sometimes we're worried about praying for things because we think, well, is it, is it the right thing to pray for or not? You know, should I pray for this or not? Now, God is, God is not like a human father who can make mistakes. You know, that a, a child can come and ask for, ask for something that will be harmful to them. And, um, you know, you might not necessarily know that it will be harmful because we as human beings have imperfect wisdom. But you wouldn't give your child, as, as Jesus says, you wouldn't give them a stone if they asked for bread. You know, if you knew it was harmful, you wouldn't give it to them. And it's the same with God. This is what Alec Matia said. If it were the case that whatever we ask, God was pledged to give, then I for one would never pray again, because I would not have sufficient confidence in my own wisdom to ask God for anything. And I think if you consider it, you will agree. It would impose an intolerable burden on frail human wisdom if by his prayer promises God was pledged to give whatever we ask, when we ask it, and in exactly the terms we ask. How could we bear the burden? If God pledged to answer prayers in exactly you know, what we asked, when we asked, whatever it was, how could he bear that burden? Because we don't always know what's best for ourselves. But that's the thing, isn't it? It's a relationship. We bring our desires, our needs, our wants to God, and he can fulfill those in the way that's best to us. But if we don't ask, then we don't get, as James says. And that is, uh, that's part of the problem. I'd just like to, to close by quoting from Spurgeon, just to encourage us to pray and to take our requests to God. Spurgeon preached a sermon which is on, on this theme. It's called Ask and Have. Spurgeon's sermon, Ask and Have. And to be honest, it's a far better sermon than mine. You'll probably get much more out of it, uh, much more from reading it than you would just from listening to me over these last few minutes. So you might like to Google it. It's available on the um, Spurgeon website. I was going to say his website, but of course Spurgeon didn't have a website. 
But uh, it's a wonderful sermon and it, it really helpful. But let me quote you just uh, uh, one paragraph of that sermon to finish with, to encourage us to pray. However, however, brethren, whether we like it or not, remember, asking is the rule of the kingdom. Ask and ye shall receive. It is a rule that never will be altered in anybody's case. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the elder brother of the family, but God has not relaxed the rule for him. Remember this text. Jehovah says to his own son, Ask of me, and I will give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. If the royal and divine Son of God cannot be exempted from the rule of asking that he may have, you and I cannot expect the rule to be relaxed in our favour. Why should it be? What reason can be pleaded why we should be exempted from prayer? What argument can there be why we should be, de uh, why should, um, why we should be deprived of the privilege and delivered from the necessity of supplication? I can see none. Can you? God will bless Elijah and send rain on Israel, but Elijah must pray for it. If the chosen nation is to prosper, Samuel must plead for it. If the Jews are be delivered, Daniel must intercede. God will bless Paul and the nation shall be converted through him, but Paul must pray. Pray he did without ceasing. His epistles show that he expected nothing except by asking for it. If you may have everything by asking and nothing without asking, I beg you to see how absolutely vital prayer is, and I beseech you to abound in it. Prayer is vital. Asking is vital. As Jesus says, ask and you will, you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. But we need to ask, seek and knock, remembering that God is our good heavenly Father. Let's take a moment and uh, let's pray to God and, and ask for his help in learning how to pray, how to relate to him as a good Heavenly Father. So Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us uh, this week to learn how to pray to you. We know that you are a good Heavenly Father and we're sorry for the times when we don't relate to you as we should. So we pray that you would uh, give us day by day uh, that sense of, of knowing you as our good Heavenly Father Help us to bring our requests, our desires, our needs and our wants to you, to pour out our hearts to you and uh, that you would um, fulfil us and help us um, to uh, knowing that you are a good father in heaven, that we would ha uh, you would help us to see you in the right ways. And we pray that you would help us to just to, to love others, to be able to treat other people as you would have, uh, we would have them treat us and to be able to apply your wisdom in every situation and through prayer that you would help us to do that. We ask all of these things trusting in Jesus' name. Amen.